Hallelujah. If you believe the Lord is not a liar, if you believe the Lord will say it and he'll do it, go ahead. Hallelujah. Lift your voice and thank him and honor him. Hallelujah. He's a man that keeps his word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. His word will never fail. Praise God. His word will not come back empty or void. Hallelujah. If he said it, he will do it. Praise God. If he said it, he will do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. We believe in your Jesus. We believe in your word, Lord God. We believe in your voice, Lord God. We'll respond to your word, Lord God. We'll respond to your voice, Lord Jesus. We will not doubt. We will not fear. We will not walk away. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Turn to the person next to you and say, God will do it. God will do it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. As you remain standing, we're going to go to the word of the Lord. Genesis chapter 42. And again, as I always say and I always uh, share my sentiments being back here to share the word of the Lord and uh, we are praying for Pastor Cox and his family as they are uh, away uh, for needed rest uh, reviving and relaxation praise God praise God how many know that uh, pastors need uh, vacations too amen at least half of y'all believe that, so I think we're all right. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. The emotional and spiritual uh, toil that is on a man of God when he's uh, concerned and praying over souls can affect that person physically. I don't think you, I don't know if you realize that, but uh, spiritual activity can drain you physically. So there are times where you need to detach, and it's not that you know a person doesn't necessarily love you or care for you, but sometimes you need to detach because a certain situation or interaction or even a relationship can be a little bit draining. It's like one-sided, you know? Some of y'all have been in relationships like that. Where you just, I, you know what? I'm going to have to detach. I'm going to have to walk away a little bit. I'm going to have to block that number. Put my phone on sleep because I know this person gonna call around this time. This person gonna text. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to see the text. Turn off my notifications because it drains you, and things that drain you spiritually can leave you with physical deficits. You begin to lack physically based on what you've been pouring out spiritually. And there are dangers that the enemy will try to use and exploit in your life because you have lack. Oh, I, I'm probably not going to preach to you today, but I am going to minister to you. And I know this word that God gave us is going to minister to you. Because the reason why most of us do the things we do that we don't want to do is because we've experienced too much lack. And we're trying to compensate for what we never had. So people that don't have a good relationship with their parents when they're growing up, they begin to act certain ways when they're adults, and they don't realize what they're doing, but people are like, this interaction is it's not normal. But it's normal to you because you've learned how to live in lack. You've learned how to live in deficit. Do you realize there are 
economies and, and, and certain entities that know how to survive based on debt. We live in one. America gets rich off of debt. Amen. And how many, how many here have debt? If you are under 18, you better put your hands down. You, if you've got debt, you know what I'm talking about, about being in deficit. Because I know all you Dave Ramsey disciples, y'all, y'all don't believe in debt. But there is bad debt and there is good debt. Let me tell you what bad debt is. Bad debt is when you go take that little plastic card or take your phone to virtually buy something and you ain't got the cash flow to cover it. That's bad debt. You know what good debt is? Good debt is when you leverage that access to substance or finances and you use it to acquire an asset or something that is more valuable than what you spent on it. Or it's a thing that performs and produces and it begins to cover the expense of what you had to put out there. That's good debt. That's what most businesses run on. Businesses, it don't matter if they got a billion dollars in the bank. They're not going to use their own money. You know who money they're using? Show sure enough. They're using your money if it's in the bank. They are leveraging, oh, Lord have mercy. They are leveraging the substance of other people to build their own abundance. And there's a danger in trying to access the wealth of others to try to build yourself up. Because if you don't got the flow to replenish what you've taken, you find yourself in deficit. And while I'm talking about this economically and financially, most people live like this spiritually. You are living off the abundance and the spiritual wealth of other people. You are living on the prayers and the dedication of other people and you think you're alright. But it only takes a certain amount of time where you begin to find yourself in default. Why? Because you don't have the flow to cover what you've been drawing from. And God sent this man to preach to you or speak to you today about creating flows in your life so you can begin to cover what you draw from. Hallelujah. It is not the will of God for people to walk around spiritually bankrupt. There are dangers in your deficit. Let's read the word of the Lord in Genesis chapter 42. The Bible tells us that the known world was in a time of economic depression. There was a famine. And the Bible says that Jacob, being the patriarch of his family, saw that there was corn in Egypt that he said to his sons, why do ye look upon one another, one upon another? And he said, behold, I have heard that what we don't have, Egypt has. And why don't you get you down and go buy for us from, uh, from thence that we may live and not die? Now we know according to scripture that this was in line with the word of the Lord. The word is spoken 
to, uh, the Lord had spoken to Abraham and told him that the people of Israel, his descendants, would go into a land and that they would enslave them for 400 years. And after, God would visit them and release them from enslavement. But look at how they got enslaved. They had deficit. They had so much lack, they began to look at Egypt. They began to look at what the world got and say, well, if they're doing good, we want some of that. You know, it looks like the Egypt churches are growing a little bit fast, so we may need to be looking at what they got and kind of buy some of that and bring it over here. Y'all are too quiet right now. Well, they, 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 it looks like it's working for them. So we need a little bit of that. And when they pursued it, it was entrapment that got them to align themselves to Egypt. And when they aligned themselves to Egypt, although they saw prosperity in Egypt, Egyptian prosperity led to poverty. It got them enslaved because they were connected to the wrong entities. Lord have mercy. And pulling from and drawing from Egypt for abundance and substance. And it led them to a place. Somebody say nothing's free. It led them to a place where they were indebted to Egypt. And the leaders of Egypt looked on these people and say, these people are doing good off of us. Now, let's take away all of that, and we're going to make them work for us. And so everybody say 400 years. 400 years, the people of God endured bondage and enslavement because they were trying to pull and tap into the wrong resource. Lift your hands right now. We're going to pray and ask God to bless this service for us to respond to his word in the name of Jesus. God, help us to evade the dangers of the lack that we see in our lives, that we would try to replenish those things and fill those voids with the things that you never intended for us to fill them with, Lord God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. There is only one thing, Lord God, and we believe it, that can fill every void and cancel every debt in our spirit. Hallelujah. And that's what we want, Lord Jesus. That We want the real thing, Lord God. We want the real thing, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Go ahead and lift your voice and call on him. Say, God, I need you right now, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. There may be other things that can probably quench my thirsting for a moment, but what I need right now is not a temporary fix. What I need right now is the well that springs up into everlasting life. Hallelujah. 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 Somebody say the dangers of deficit. You may be seated. We are looking at the culmination of the promise to Abraham, right here. Now, I begin to reference and mention that we live in a society, in an economy, that we produce wealth from being indebted. And there are mindsets that can be developed that people are so accustomed to not having that when the substance comes or abundance comes, it destroys them. And they are worse off than before they received. If you don't believe me, 
try to find anybody that won the lotto. Look at the lifestyle of people that because of their physical talent, they automatically begin to get paid millions of dollars. Sports players, entertainers, maybe influencers. Because people, sometimes they come from nothing, and we love those stories, rags to riches, you know. We love those stories that people can find a quick come up. And we begin to emulate, be like, man, I wish that happened to me. But we don't, begin, we, don't, we don't see the true story. We see what is being promoted and what has been packaged in that documentary. Or we see somebody's face plastered on a poster or a billboard, and we think, man, they got it all together. But we don't know the backstory. Some of y'all might have heard of the story of uh, Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq. One of the most wealthy sports players today, and when he first got signed to his team, I mean, automatically rich. A lot of, a lot of these uh, sports players, they never really grew up with much means. They didn't come from a family with a silver spoon. They don't have, a lot of them don't even have the generational sports thing, you know, like, they're not like the, you know, Currys, you know, where their father was in the NBA and all this, so they got this line of people. No, like, so Shaquille O'Neal, he got rich. Once he signed that paper, got that first check, and he began to buy stuff, and listen, y'all gonna hate me right now, but this is just how, how it was. And most sports players that come into immediate wealth, this is what they do. Because if you're coming from nothing, that means the people that are still there, where you came from, they still got nothing. But they know you. And as soon as you come into something, they're like, can I get a little something? So you feel indebted. And they feel entitled, so you begin to say, well, I'll buy your car, okay, and I'll do this. And as soon as you buy yourself a house, like, so where's my house? So you're like, oh, let me buy my grandma's house, let me buy my mom's house, let me buy this one. And then you got other people like, man, can I have a little something? And so Shaquille, in the first two years of being an NBA player, almost went broke. Because he didn't know how to handle abundance. He didn't know how to manage plenty. And so going from deficit into a place where there was abundance, he didn't know how to, how to manage the blessing. And this is exactly what God was trying to get through to Israel. He said for generations... For 400 years, you've been a slave. You've been in poverty. And I'm about to bust you loose and give you your own stuff. And here's what happened. When they got free, God says, before I let you walk now into your abundance, into this land that's flowing with milk and honey, I've got to give you some God. I've got, to, I've got to learn you something. I've got to talk to you a little bit. Because if I don't talk to you, you're going to mess up what I bless you with. And here is where people stay. Because Israel was so used to deficit. First of all, there was no literature no written word of God until the Ten Commandments. So it begs one to think, how in the world did people know what God said? And, you know, we, 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 we begin to, to, to look hindsight, look at Abraham and say, why in the world he lying to Pharaoh talking about his wife as his sister? Why in the world his son is going to do the same thing? How come... How, why in the world his brother's going to be throwing their little brother into the pit and selling them off into slavery? Well, you know that's wrong. 
But they had no Bible to go by. They had deficit. They, they had a lack of the word of God. And God was speaking directly to the patriarch of the family. And so now, when they get into this bondage situation, nobody is hearing the word of God for 400 years. They have no word of God for 400 years. Somebody say deficit. So you know what they begin to listen to? They begin to pay attention to the other word of other gods that were around. Yeah, they had their tradition. They had their culture. But because they were aligned with Egypt, whatever purity of the culture that God established in his people was diluted by the words of other gods. And now there's this blend. There's this mixture of what God said and what they said. And I'm going to take a little bit of what they said because it sounds good. And it seems like it's working over here. So I'm going to add it to what God said. And you know what? I, I, I think I could do that because if they're doing good and that sounds good and I know that God has established this, well, I'm not really hearing from God right now, so I need to hear from something. And so I'm beginning to look for what I don't have. And when you begin to begin to search for things based out of what you don't have, you'll begin to fill yourself with the wrong substance. Because you can't hear from God when you pray. You begin to listen to somebody else that looks like they're hearing from God. Hallelujah. When God's intention was never just to give you a word through somebody else. His intention from the beginning of time was to be able to give you his word himself. And as soon as they are released from Egyptian bondage, God is beginning to try to restore that relationship of people that need to hear from God. Hallelujah. And they didn't, they, they looked at Moses and said, Moses, why are you the one speaking to, to us for God? We, we want to hear from God. And so he says, okay, God wants to speak to you. He says, chasten yourself, purify yourself and get ready for God to speak to you and so God is meeting them after season of consecration they had to abstain from certain physical activities they had to purify themselves for three days and now God is about to speak and give them his word himself you know, we wouldn't, have, we wouldn't have a Bible if we would be able to listen to the voice of God. He wrote down the Ten Commandments because the people didn't want to hear him. They said, Moses, you do the work. When God began to speak, they said, ah, no, that's, that's, a little, that's a bit much. I don't know if I can handle all that. Because when God opened his mouth and he said, thou shalt not kill, all they heard was thunder. When he said, thou shalt have no other God beside me, all they saw was smoke filling the mountain. When God said, uh, he said, hollow the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Make sure when you rest, you do it as a sacred thing unto me. All they felt was the shaking and the quaking and they saw the lightning and they said, oh, we don't want none of this. God wanted to restore his word to people and as soon as he did, all they saw was a storm. All they saw, what, what, what was going wrong? Because they were so used to deficit that they couldn't see the blessings of God that was being presented. Oh, they saw what, what was going wrong when God was in the midst of all that was going wrong. 
Don't you dare confuse your storm with something that the devil is doing. God is right there in the middle of what's going wrong. Hallelujah. He's, oh, praise God. It's an impoverished mindset. You're so used to not having any spiritual activity is when you see something going wrong, you automatically glorify the devil. How great is the devil? He is over here doing this and mixing up that. You realize that the devil can't do anything unless he is given permission? Do you realize that the devil is on a short leash? And if he is doing something, God is in the oh hallelujah. God is in the background over here moving pieces so that you can get to your promised land a little bit quicker than you would. God is in the middle of your storm. Stop looking at what you don't have. Stop basing your future on what you don't have. Stop basing your capabilities on your deficit. Well, you know, we've been in this building over here for 30 years, and you know, I feel like we need to expand, but we just ain't got the money, so let's just sit here over in this building right now. And, uh, and maybe if God wants us to do it, he'll send a provision. And then we'll do it. Because we're used to deficit. We're used to not having anything nice. So we don't know that if God has expansion in mind, that he already has the provision lined up. But it takes somebody to get in the spirit and see beyond their current situation. And say, we might be over here, but there's a land right by us that God is trying to expand the borders of our reach. And if I keep looking at where I'm at right now, I won't see what God is wanting me to build. Lift your hands right now and let the Lord speak to you. Stop looking at what you don't have. Stop looking at who you don't have. The devil will take that mindset and develop deficits in your life. He'll make you start lusting after Egypt. What they got. Yeah. Children in Sunday school. All right, you, you here. You know why people walk out on their relationship, on their marriage? Because they think they got deficit. They think they don't have something that they actually already have. So they go look for something that they, they think they, they don't have enough over here or they're not getting what they think they need from this place. So let me start, oh, that's kind of catching my attention over there. Yeah, that's what, that right there, that's what I need. And so they begin to stray away because they don't think they have what they need. When what they need has been there the whole time. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Do you realize that when you don't see God, when you don't feel God, and when you can't hear God, that's when he's the closest to you. Why? Why I need to be all up next to you, shouting in your ear, Pastor Eli, Pastor Kaiser. I'll look like a fool, wouldn't I? Cause you're like, I'm right here. Some of y'all got friends like that. You be talking all loud, be like, chills. I'm right here. I'm right here. That's God. 
You're over here screaming about this. Oh, God, I can't do this. I don't have that. Oh, God, I need this. Can you fix that for me? And God's like, if you believe me to do that stuff, you wouldn't be shouting all up in my ear about that because I'm right here. Dangers of deficit. You're not used to being uh, so close uh, to somebody that loves you that much uh, that you feel you got to be all dramatic uh, and act out. Why? Because you've had a deficit of what's there. And you don't realize that everything you need is right there when God is right there. Can I, can I go a little bit further? Can I go a little bit further? Yeah? We talked about the married folk, but how about y'all single folk? Because you're walking around thinking you got a deficit. And now you got to entertain everybody that double taps on your photo and all everybody that shows you a little bit of this because you've had deficit. And now when somebody shows you a little bit of attention, you're like, oh. And you're looking, you're like, looks a little bit like Egypt. Looks like they like me. I don't care if Egypt don't like me. I need somebody in my life. And that deficit leads you to entrapment. And you begin to get in bondage because you've been looking for stuff that you think you don't have, but if you got God, if you got God, you don't need to be looking everywhere else for what you don't have. And if God says you need this, guess what? He's the one that's going to send it. So you don't need. And we get all heartbroken because something happens to mess up what we think we did have. And we get all torn apart when we lose something that we thought we needed because we feel like we have a deficit. What God says, you don't have a deficit as long as you got me. Somebody needs to lift their hand and receive that word right now. Come on, let's stay right there. Go ahead and receive that. It's going to save you. Not only was the world without the Bible until Moses, the world was without a name. For God until Jesus. And so get no I know you think, well, what happened to Jehovah Jireh? Ain't that God name? What happened to Jehovah Siskinu? Ain't that God name? No, that ain't God name. God only gave man one name, but man gave God many names. Why did man Give God all those names because they only knew him for what he provided in their life. So they began to call God based on what they didn't have and God became. That's why he's told Moses, he said, I am that I am. Hallelujah. Whatever your deficit is, that's what my destiny is in your life. I came to fill every void. I came to supply every need. And you don't need to call me based on what I can do. Just call me. (laughs) 
Lord, have mercy. Yeah, yeah. Right there. I feel some of y'all receiving that right, right there. Don't call me based on what you need. Just call me. And when you call me, I will answer. When you call me, I'll show you that I've been there the whole time. Hallelujah. 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 Deficit will change how you pray. You'll begin to pray all about what you don't have. God, I need this. God, can you do this? God, can you? So ain't no time to pray for nobody else because you got deficits, man. I got spiritual bills to pay and physical ones too. So God, I need this. God, I want that. And that's the sum total of how we talk to God as if he's some heavenly sugar daddy Every time, every time, can you come by and can you come do this? Yeah. Oh. God's like, you don't ever call me. But, but something broke in your physical and your spiritual house. And you won't call me because you think I can fix it. Oh, you, you have a little bit of lack, so now you won't call me because you think I got what it takes to fill your need. And that is the sum total of our relationship with God, Brother Ron. It's only based on what he can do for us. And when we have what we need, we don't know him. And then eventually, we become spiritually bankrupt. And then we got to go back right to square one. Hey, yo, hey, yo, Jesus, what's up, man? You, I haven't heard from you since you got that last tax check. Oh, they ain't issuing no more stimulus? And now you won't call me? You were crying when you were single. I blessed you with a husband. And all of a sudden, he getting you all annoyed and upset and all types of And now you want to call me? When you need something? Dangers of deficit. We be only, only begin to reach after God when we're in lack. Hallelujah. Do you realize every time that Israel failed God, they were in abundance. They had everything they needed. And so it was a slippery slope because they didn't know how to handle their debt, so they didn't know how to handle their destiny. And God is saying, if you know how to manage your spiritual wealth right now, when I release you into your promise, you won't mess it up. When I bless your family, you won't mess it up. When I give you that spouse, you won't mess it up. Everybody lift your hands right now. God is looking for you to begin to shift how you see him. If all you can see is what you don't have, you're not ready for the next level. Israel, they were already in the promised land. And the Bible says they began to stray away. Because 
God told them to drive out all these enemies. And they said, okay, we'll kick out Jericho. We'll go over here and kick out this one. But you know what? That one, that, that, that connection right there, I know God don't want me to be connected right there. But, you know, that might, that might work out for us, you know, for a little, you know. Because they got this and they got that, you know, maybe I should. God said, drive them out. Because if you don't deal with that right now, it's going to trap you. He said, it'll be a snare. It'll trap you later. And that's exactly what happened. And they began to go after strange gods because it was among them. They never dealt with that. And because they never dealt with that, they began to be attached, attached to it. And because they were attached to it, it begins to enslave them. God began to set up leaders and people that can help and guide the tribes of Israel. We call them judges. That's why we got the book of Judges. Because the people began to be attached to, to what they were supposed to get rid of. And they were contaminated in their mindset. Remember? Taking a little bit from Egypt. Mixing it a little bit with God. And they were doing that among all the people that they were supposed to kick out. And they began to go out the street. And so there was a time where God just stopped speaking. They began to start infighting, civil wars, fighting against each other. Why? Because they never got rid of some stuff in their life. And it began to entrap them. And that bondage mindset caused them to look at their brother as their enemy. You begin to look at people you're supposed to love as people you start to hate. It's a bondage. That's a, that's a poverty mindset. Can I meddle a little bit? Why y'all think we got black on black crime? It's a deficit mindset. Oh, I know, I know we got a mixed culture here and mixed crowd. But I'm on, don't y'all don't y'all don't get uncomfortable now. Because it's a black man talking about black stuff. We have black on black crime because we have a poverty mindset. We begin to look at our brother as our enemy. Because once, once, no, you can't, you can't start to do good. No, I'm going to start talking about you. I'm going to run down your family. And it ain't just in the black community. It, it's not even just in the community. It's some of y'all family. One person do a little bit good, you get a little bit jealous. And you're like, oh, why they doing, why they got this and they got that. And you try to tear them down because you, you want to be there. And you think, if I pull them down, that brings me up. No, that just brings everybody to the same. <laughs> All right, I'm going to stop right there. And so they had all these judges, and God gave them judges now because the people didn't want to hear from God from themselves. So God had to use the intermediary. He had to use man to speak to them. Because that's how they were comfortable hearing from God. They didn't want all the thunder. And all, nah, nah, it's a little too dramatic for me. Why I got to go do all that? Why I got to, you know, I don't want to. Just speak to him and let him deal with all that stuff and speak to me. Story of every church in America. We don't, we won't listen to pastor. We don't want to have a prayer life. I don't want to have God speak to us. Why? Because if, for, us, for us to have God speak to us, we're going to have to go through some of the things that he go through. Nah, God, let him go through that. And maybe we'll, we'll let him have a little vacation here or there. Because we don't want to hear, let him do, do that, and then let him speak to us, because he ain't going to speak to us like you speak to us, y'all. And so, we don't want to judge anymore because the world don't have that type of leadership structure in their churches we want a king and God said you want a what he said we want a king 
like all them other nations. They got kings. We want a king. And God said, you want something you already got? Just because you don't see it that way? But you want it how they got it. Because it looked good. The grass is a little greener over there. God said, oh, you want a king now. Oh, you want somebody to put you back in bondage and make you work for them and pay taxes. That's, read the Bible. That's exactly what God said to them. Oh, you want, you want somebody to be over you to put burdens on you again because you, you think that's love. You, you're so used to that that you, you interpret that pressure as affection. Stockholm Syndrome. So used to being pressured and oppressed that if, it's, if I don't have that in my life and just don't feel right. I like so much drama that if I ain't got none, yeah, well, Housewives of Atlanta ain't doing it for me, so I need some drama in, in my life. Or that, oh, y'all don't watch that. Or that other show y'all been binging on. Or that, now nah, I need some drama. And so, and when you ain't got that, and when the soap operas ain't on no more, you're like, man, I need, I need a king. And God is like, are you for real now? I'm going to show you what it is to have a king. So God gave them a kingdom. And he allowed it only for one reason. So that he can show them a pattern of how he was about to set up himself in their lives. And through the history and the trademark and the trend of their past leadership, they would know what's good and what's not good. And so when it was time for God, they said, oh, you want a king you can see? All right, I'm going to let you have that. But I'm only letting you have that so you can see what you don't need. Hallelujah. And then I am going to become the king that you can see. Hallelujah. For all Hallelujah. So for generations, they had kings that led them more and more astray from the will of God. But God said, man can't do what I can do. So I'm going to come born of a virgin. I'm going to come from heaven to earth. I am going to come to fill your deficit. Stand with me. I came in flesh to answer your prayer so you can really see that what you thought you needed, that's not what you needed. And would you know, Brother Kent, that when God sent them the true king, that old deficit mindset, oh, you king? Come here. Oh, you, you think you king? Come here. Pick up that cross. Pick up that cross. You think you king? Pick up that cross. Pick it up. Don't just touch it. Pick it up, Jesus. Turn around, Jesus. Now spread your arms on it, Jesus. Because I don't know how to, I don't know how to handle destiny. So I'm going to kill it. Because I've got so much spiritual debt in my life. I'm so scarred with lying and, and manipulating that I've got to nail, nail, drive nails into my destiny. When God shows you really what he's trying to do, you mark it. And say, oh, you king, let me give you a crown full with thorns. Because I'm so used to not having what's 
that when it finally comes, when God finally provides, we attack it. We kill it. And God said, I knew you were going to do that. So guess what? Even in your mistreatment of destiny, I'm still going to deliver you. Because what you just did by responding that way released the spiritual currency to pay for your deficit. Oh, I know we've heard it preached and we, we even said it, that faith is a currency of heaven. If you got enough faith, you can get this. If you got enough faith, you can get that. That's not biblical. The way how you purchase things in the spirit is with blood. That is the currency of the spirit. It is the only way you can make a transaction. There has to be a covenant and it has to be sealed with blood. And so God said, I'm going to give you what you've been asking for for generations. But I know you still got that Roman, that Egyptian mindset. And you're going to mistreat it. But even in your mistreatment, I'm going to release in your life the covering of how you mistreated. I know you sinned, but I've got it covered. I'm going to release something even in your misstep. Cover your mistakes. <laughs> That's what Jesus did. He delivered you from your debts. He delivered you from your debts. I lift your hands. Do you hear what God is saying to you? God said, I don't care if you didn't grow up with your daddy. I don't care if you had a bad relationship with your mom. I don't care if you didn't have certain things and you feel like all the things that you've got to deal with now as an adult that you had to, it's because of your deficit. God said, once I shed my blood, that canceled every debt. So you don't have to be an alcoholic like everybody else was. You don't have to be addicted to substance like everybody else was. You don't have to be that liar and that manipulator that everybody else was. Why? Because I've delivered you with the only thing that can pay the debt. It was the blood of Jesus. just tradition you think this is just what we do because we're a church this right here this is a spiritual transaction an exchange going on when you go down into that water in Jesus name he's he's dealing with your deficit he takes your sin and seals it because when you're baptized in Jesus name the blood is applied onto your deficit your debts are sealed it's a document that becomes classified nobody's supposed to meddle in your past it's redacted not by permanent marker it's blacked out. It's blotted out. Not with anything that man can make, but you can't see past the blood. That's why you can't call me what I used to be, because you can't see past the blood. There's a blood that covers your deficit. 
Every hand lifted. Every hand lifted. Come on. God is asking you to place your debts, your deficits where they need to be. Hallelujah. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on. Can you can you see what God's trying to show you? Can you feel the revelation of his word trying to penetrate years of heartache and insecurity? He said it was done once the blood was applied. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, I want you to come forward. And if you don't know if you've been baptized in Jesus' name, you don't remember, maybe it's been a long time, I want you to come too. You've got deficits. There are debts that are still on your record. God is fixing to dispute those irregularities on your report. Come on, that's awesome. I think there's one or two more. Where you at? Maybe you've been baptized in Jesus' name. Have you been filled with the Holy Ghost? You realize what happens to the Haney? God goes to cancel your debts. He pays for it. You think, you think it's a coincidence that every seven years something gets wiped off of your credit? That's God's number. He said, I'm going to wipe it clean. I'm, I'm going to, matter of fact, I don't need to wipe it clean, but I'm going to wipe it clean anyway. But just to add to my power and impact in your future, I'm going to wipe it clean and give you a new name. So people won't even associate with you. As a matter of fact, I'm not just going to give you any name. I'm going to give you mine. I got a perfect record. That's what happens when you go in there. God says, everything in your life that you look back on, you feel like, well, I, I wish I can just turn back the hands of time and I can undo some things and I, and I can just get some things out of my life. God says, there's a way to do that. And you just took the first step. And if you lift your hands, if you just lift your hands and you close your eyes, and you begin to call on that name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Hallelujah. He's going to come and let you realize he's been waiting on you to call him. And when you call him, he's going to come to cancel every debt, every sin. He's going to wipe away every error, everything that the enemy's tried to place in your life and in your past. He's giving you a new lot in life. He's wiping the slate clean. He's giving you a new page. This is a new chapter. This is what God had in store for your life in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 You're still here and God is saying, come on. Let me wipe it clean. Come on. Let me reassociate what I have for your life. Hallelujah. 
Some of y'all saved folk need to get some of this deficit wiped out. Because he delivered you from Egypt, but the mindset was still there. So every time God tries to bless you, something else goes wrong. And God said, I came to deal with the deficit. I came to deal. Come on, go ahead. Don't stop worshiping God. Don't stop worshiping God. Some of you still in your seat, you need to leave that aisle and come with your hands lifted and say, God, you've got to deal with this, God. I don't want to live in the debts of my soul. Jesus' name. 